poppin', folks. Did you like the music? I realized I didn't have music last time at, like, my beginning. I didn't have, like, a cute little intro. So, welcome. Um, hopefully that was fun for you. Little jazz it up, get you in the mood. Um, I'm Courtney. Hi. Didn't say that yet. Hopefully this episode is going to be better than the last. <laughs> I listened back and I was like, screw it, we're just going to post it. This will be my first try. You guys can come on this adventure with me. But I'm going to talk about my ADHD today. We're going to have lots of fun with it. Um, Very much so not scripting this because this is something I've talked about at length with people. And honestly, it's just kind of funny stories. So I would love to give you a little bit more foreplay, but I'm not good at like casual talk and I do this by myself. So here we go. I was diagnosed with ADHD sometime around first or second grade. I'm not really sure. Honestly, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. But the main reason was my mom is, was a teacher. She still works in the school district, but with a different job. But she noticed a lot of signs. A lot of my teachers were giving feedback. So it must have been first or second grade. But anyways, she went in, told the doctor at the time I had the same doctor till I was like 10, um, told him what was happening. And he's like, yep, sounds like ADHD. Here's a diagnosis. At the time, honestly, it was a lot easier. She filled out a couple forms and it went in my chart as childhood ADHD, which leads to problems later in my life. But we'll get into that at a different time. So anyways, over the years, I've had to talk to my mom a lot about what my ADHD looked like as a child because I don't remember. Her favorite example is there were a couple of times growing up that we would go somewhere and, you know, at the time she wanted us to be independent, so we were able to get ourselves ready and then we got in the car and I would be in the car like in my car seat or whatever, ready to go without shoes on in the middle of winter in Minnesota. That doesn't work. (laughs) And I had no idea. I would just, it was just not a thing in my head. I didn't remember. I didn't know. And so I would just go outside without shoes on all the time. I would forget like big chunks of information or like big things that are important to -to day-to-day life and have no idea I did this. So that was one of her clues. Her other clues were I would leave like pieces of homework, field trip slips, whatever on the counter I would get up, my dad would be in his office or upstairs getting ready for his job, whatever. And he'd say, make sure you put that form or your homework in your backpack. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. And, you know, they were small tasks. They weren't anything big. So it's not like anything a five-year-old couldn't handle. But I would like look at it dead on the counter. My backpack would be sitting next to it. I would grab the backpack and I grab the form. It just wasn't there anymore. 
Um, so those were a couple signals. So eventually I got diagnosed and they put me on medication. They put me on Adderall. Woohoo, go Adderall. And my dad would put either the pill by the counter in the morning or would hand it to me, whatever. There were so many times when my dad said, your pill's on the counter. There's a glass of water next to it. Make sure you take your pill. And I'd say, okay. And then I would leave the house without taking the pill because I forgot about the pill. So <laughs> I would get to school and eventually we ended up starting keeping an extra bottle at the school, but I would get to school and within the first half hour to an hour of me being at school after I started the medication and it was really working for me, my teachers would notice if I didn't take my pill in the morning. They would call my mom because I went to the same uh, elementary school that my mom worked at at the time and they would call my mom into her classroom and say, hey, uh, do you know if Courtney took her pill this morning? And my mom would say, no, I don't. Let me call my dad or her dad. And he'd say, and he'd get on the phone and say, well, I told her to take her pill. And so then they'd call my mom and call her back, my teacher back and say, yeah, we don't think she took her pill this morning. Send her down to the nurse's office. So I'd go down to the nurse's office, I'd take my pill, and I'd go back to class. Within like a half hour to an hour, I was great. I was fine. We were functioning again. <laughs> so it just like became this cycle. And it got to the point where we would come home and my mom would say, yep, there's your pill on the counter. Right there. Right on, right on top of everything. So my mom always likes to joke that especially growing up, but even now, I would lose my head if it wasn't attached, which is so true. So true. Uh, since my mom was in the school or whatever, she got to go through the lost and found at the end of each quarter, semester, whatever. And basically, the items were posted. There was an email sent out, you know, make sure your child's crap is taken care of and whatnot. And a lot of times, a good chunk of the stuff that was in the lost and found was mine. Now, once we got a little, it probably would have been one, two, no, none of, none of my siblings and I were ever in the, all three of us in the same school at the same time. However, there were times it was my sister and I, or my brother and I. Um, so like a lot of times the stuff in the lost and founds were ours, but there were other times that my friends would go looking for their stuff in the lost and found. I had a really great locker mate, um, fourth grade, I think. No, third grade. I don't know. At some point I had a really great locker mate and she came up and I, I can remember this really, really clearly. And it's really funny to me. Um, but she came up and she goes, Hey, I was looking for my lunchbox and lost and found. And I found your scarf. I was like, well, how do you know it's mine? And she goes, Oh, it has your last name on the tag. Cause that's what my mom always did, be, did because we lost stuff so often she would put 
our last name on the tag of whatever it was, which I highly recommend doing if you have kids, because regardless, kids lose stuff, even if they don't have ADHD. Okay. That was kind of the fun part of it. However, there was also the part of it where in second or third grade, I got pulled into the little testing center. They did the test and whatever. And I tested into the gifted category and whatever. I still don't 100% know what that means. It's just how people tested. So what we ended up doing with those kids at my school is they went into this thing called Discover. It was twice a week where you're pulled out of your normal classroom for an hour or so for enrichment. And there was kind of a big debate on whether or not I would actually succeed in this because of my ADHD. Um, It ended up going really well. I loved my Discover classroom. I loved that teacher. It was great. But along with that came some other tasks and some other things that were just interesting. Um, I remember we had to read a book. I think it was Across Five Aprils. And I remember really liking it, but I remember I wasn't always on the same page as everybody else. But I got really good at this time at BSing my way through reading books. Um, I also hated reading the books in other classrooms because they just, they, they weren't good. Like, going from across five Aprils to, it was something with a radio and a parrot. I don't know. In two different classrooms. And having to basically go from this book that's super enriching, has a lot of, like, symbolism and history and all this really cool stuff that I really liked at the time to this in like at the time in my head I was like this really boring book that meant nothing it had no purpose it had nothing so I chose to be really involved with one book and not with the other and I should preface we were reading across my papers as like fifth graders um I think we also read the secret garden we did some Egyptian units just a bunch of stuff but along with this book we had to do like these different civil war battle projects and if you couldn't tell by my current situation i get really really big ideas but i can't always execute them and especially when i was younger execution was a hard hard thing for me to do so naturally i struggled with that um so I got this really big idea and I remember it was something it was something with my stuffed animals. Yep, that's what fifth grade Courtney was doing. But it was something with my stuffed animals. I don't really remember. I think I had the Battle of Bunker Hill as my like project. And it just it got really tricky trying to do all of it. But in that instance as well, I had friends of mine at the time who did these really cool projects. And so it was really hard wanting my idea to be just as good 
but not being able to figure out the execution. So that was kind of a hard thing for me as well. I also want to, I was going to say this at the beginning and then I forgot about it. All of these experiences are mine and mine uniquely. Like other people might be able to relate and like understand a little bit more, but not everybody with ADHD is going to be this, like this. Not every child with ADHD is going to be like this. Um, actually, I think my original diagnosis was this, a diagnosis was ADD, which is attention deficit disorder. I didn't have the hyperactive part. I still really don't. I do fidget a little bit and I, like sitting in my three hour class is not fun for me. However, the hyperactive, it's definitely more of that inattentive type, which also proved to be a different problem growing up. My inattentive abilities which was later explained to me in a really great way that I'll get into in a minute. But I constantly felt like I couldn't focus on things. And sitting through certain sections of lectures and certain whatever was very, very hard. Uh, I had a really hard time. I, oh gosh, I remember this so, so clearly. We were reading, um, oh shoot, The Silver Fox. Is that a book? That might be a term for a sexy old man too. <laughs> but we were reading a book about a race in Alaska. And I think it was something like the silver fox. But basically, we sat on the carpet, which I also hate. I still hate sitting on the ground unless I'm choosing to and I can spread out. The whole crisscross applesauce thing, not, not my vibe at all. My, I'm a bigger gal. So my knees don't like it. My hips don't like it. My center of gravity doesn't like it. I just don't like sitting on the ground like that. I never have. So we were sitting on the ground like that, which I already didn't like. And then we were reading this book. And at the time, I was not somebody for fiction writing. I <laughs> I hyper-focused on Abraham Lincoln as a kid um, and read just about every single book in my school library on Abraham Lincoln. Oh, sorry, I just hiccuped. Um, on Abraham Lincoln and then kind of ran out of books I could read and transferred over to our public library and started reading books there as well. Um, one of my favorite kid, <laughs> one of my favorite books as a kid was Chasing Lincoln's Killer. It was a book about the story of John Wilkes Booth and how he shot Lincoln and then escaped in his whole route and all this stuff. And I remember getting to the end of this book and it's like a historical book. Like, it's, it's not a biography. What's it called? Maybe it is a biography. No, it's not a biography. Whatever it was. Um, I got to the end and found out Mary Surratt was hung along with all these other people that were directly involved. And I was like, what the hell? Why was she hung? She wasn't directly involved at all. He screwed her over by delivering a package to her tavern. And then the more research I did on it, the more I found out that 
People think maybe it wasn't just an accident that she was involved. She might have been further involved. She openly held these meetings at her tavern and all this stuff. I should do an episode on that. I should do an episode on Lincoln's killing. That would be really fun. Okay. Anyways, back to the original track. We're reading this book. I'm already disinterested because it's not a book I like. But also, we're doing, like, group readings. So, my teacher at the time, he would read, like, a couple pages or whatever. And then we do, like, the stupid popcorn read where you could popcorn it to anyone or he would pick the next person or we'd go down the line. Whatever. Giving everybody a chance to read. And I hate, for the life of me, slow readers. I completely understand it. Not everybody reads at the same pace. There's all sorts of different learning disabilities that can be involved, anxiety, everything. But that's why I just hate popcorn read. I hate, you know, doing a thing. Um, I'm sure a lot of us relate to the, you know, counting the number of people and counting the number of paragraphs before you have to read so you could practice reading your paragraph. I would love to do that. Because I would just read the whole thing in my head before I got to my paragraph because I wasn't paying attention to the other kids reading. They were reading too slow for me. So then I would lose track of where they were at in the book and where I was at in the book. And then I wouldn't do well because then I got flustered when I was called on. And I just remember this situation of like my parents asking like, why can't you just pay attention? And I was like, they're reading too slow. And my parents are like, what do you mean they're reading too slow? I'm like, they're reading too slow and I can't keep up with them. I can't focus, whatever. I think looking back now, that very clearly should have been an ADHD sign of like, oh, that makes sense. The pace isn't like up to date enough. But it, it like it wasn't. It was just like, what do you like? What do you mean they're reading too slow? That makes no sense. And yeah, I totally agree. Like, if you don't know the circumstances, 100%, that does not make sense. That sounds so stupid. But it's what was happening in my brain at the time. And overall, I just, I remember like some of these little circumstances of just, I got bored or I didn't want to do or like nothing was engaging enough for me. And again, teachers try to teach to everyone, which is again, fantastic. I'm not blaming it I am blaming some of the teachers. Some of the teachers were not good. Um, but I, I'm not going to specifically blame any teacher or even my parents because, again, it was at this time, it was probably 2007, 2008. I mean, I'm 21, almost 22. So very early on in the world of mental health and these specific diagnoses. Diagnoses? Diagnoses? Diagnoses. So I don't discredit anyone because honestly, I'm 22 years old, have been diagnosed with this since I was like seven, and I don't even know everything about my ADHD. I'm still learning. So like, I don't blame them, but I think it impacted me a lot later in life and how I view stuff now, which it does definitely talk to Kelly about that. Um, we're... Uh, what's the word? Breaking down some of those issues as we're going through therapy. But 
it created a lot of problems. And one of those things was one of my gifts, talents, whatever you want to call it, was I was good at math. I still am. I can do, I mean, I'm not a genius. I'm not Matilda where she can just multiply stuff in her head of like extremely big numbers, but I can do stuff pretty quickly and I only need one or two demonstrations in order to pick up how to do things. So I, again, I could pick it out. Fifth grade was sitting in my math teacher's math class. Didn't do the homework again because A, I didn't want to as a normal child, but also it wasn't engaging. It was repetitive. It was boring. Like, again, same type of thing. It the pattern repeats itself of it wasn't engaging. And that was one of my biggest problems. So if you didn't do your homework, if you didn't have it, whatever, he made you go sit out in the hall. Fine. Whatever. I didn't care. My mom comes out of her classroom, which is literally like, think of like a arch shape, not an arch. Well, yeah, like an arch, but like a horizontal line at top at the top. We'll just think of a square. That makes it easier. Think of a square because that's what the two sections of our building was. So third grade was on one side of the square. In my head, it's on the right left side of the square. Fourth grade was on the right side of the square and fifth grade was at the top. And then we had like our music and art room on the bottom. And then on the other side of the building in the middle was like the cafeteria and the gym and like the executive, not the executive, the administrative offices. And then there was kind of a loop around the back of those that was the library. And then on the other side of the building was like the big reception area where you like drop off, pick up your kids, whatever. And then back there was the um, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. So for that, it was kindergarten on the left, first grade in the back, and second grade on the right, which I don't, I don't totally understand, but it's fine. Um, actually, I do because kindergarten, I think only had, it had very few classrooms because we at the time had full day and half day kindergarten, and then we had one first slash second grade teacher that looped. So you were in their first grade class and then you stayed with that same class into second grade. Um, and they used to do that for third grade apparently as well, but stopped. Anyways, again, ADHD. So I'm sitting in the back of the fifth grade hallway, the doors, and my mom comes out of her classroom and sees that I'm sitting outside of this teacher's room. So she comes up to me and is like, why are you out here? And I said, I didn't do my homework. And I remember this is not the first fight we got into, but this is probably one of the bigger ones because we had the fight during the school day in the hallway. And there was a lot going on at this time. So again, I don't blame my mom for this. It's just how she reacted. But I definitely remember it. It was kind of weird. 
Um, but yeah, she basically was like, you need to get yourself together. You need to be doing your homework. You need to be doing this. You need to do that. All this fun stuff. So that led to probably one of the first times I heard the phrase, you are so smart, but if you would just apply yourself. And I literally talked about this yesterday in therapy. I was like, I have come to hate that phrase so much because it was used and used and used. And it was used in the worst circumstances sometimes to the point where I just got so mad whenever that phrase was used that I just shut down after that. So the next step of this was there was this thing called Math math Masters. And it was this competition math league thing of like fifth graders. And I tested into it like I had the scores to be in it. But because I didn't do my math homework, everybody, not everybody, a lot of the people running it assumed I didn't have the work ethic or like whatever to be in it. So I was not in Math Masters originally. And then I think my mom and my dad found out and basically said, this is ridiculous. She, you know, has ADHD, whatever, whatever. I don't know exactly how the conversation went. I know how conversations went later when stuff like this happened, but basically they made a spot for me on one of the teams as long as my dad volunteered to help out, which he did a lot. There were <laughs> there were times we went on field trips and because my dad was just so good with quote unquote troubled kids, um he got placed a lot of the times on these field trips, not even with my group as a chaperone. He was taken as a chaperone on these school trips because he was in charge of this certain group of kids. Now, did it work out in his favor? Yes. He got to do a lot of cool stuff. I remember going to a twins game and he was put with this specific group of boys. Um, I don't remember exactly who who was in it, but we went to a Twins game and he told them, hey, you see those seats down at the front there? They were empty seats. It was like a Tuesday game or something like that, midday. And like, I think pretty early on in the season because we were still in school and he told them, if you behave for the first what was it, five innings or something like that, then during maybe it was the seventh inning stretch or whatever, we'll go down and we will watch the game, the rest of the game from those seats. Um, I know I totally skipped the fifth and sixth inning there, but whatever it was, like, that's what he was good at. He actually ended up becoming a 
substitute paraprofessional for a, a while there as well. He was just good at that kind of stuff. And so he was very involved in the school. So they said, okay, she can be part of it as long as you will also be a chaperone teacher, whatever. So we get to the point where I'm finally in it. I've missed maybe a week or two of it at this point of like the practice. Um, but then we had the competition. And the competition was at one of our two high schools. You could probably decipher where I'm from from the way I'm talking about stuff if you really want to. But one of our two high schools, and it was like all of like the fifth grade students from the area were like competing at this big competition. It was like intense. We got t-shirts. We got, it was just, it was a lot. But I couldn't compete in the group events. I only had to compete in the individual events. So there were three events total, I believe. And I competed in two of them. And then there was the group event. Now, I didn't win anything. There were kids that are just insanely smart. Like, there's a kid that I went to high school with. And there's a guy I went to high school with. He's not a kid anymore. But he was taking high school math in, like, seventh grade. Tell me. Tell me, like excuse me, what? I'm good at math, but I'm not that good at math, okay? Like, that was just another instance of, like, hey, this is the this is not how we do things. Um, later in life, I did end up getting a 504 plan, and it's been really helpful, but I've had a lot of issues with my ADHD and just everything over the years, but that was kind of the start. Me getting on medication, me not taking the medication, me not being able to keep up with certain things, having a different attitude towards things than other people, really hyper-focusing on certain fixations of things. And like my Abraham Lincoln thing ran from probably second grade to fifth grade. I like every time I could get away with reading one of his books as like a school project or doing just a project on it, I did. I loved it. Okay. It was one of my favorite things. And now it's making me want to go read this book again. But it created a lot of issues and it created a lot of strife between myself, my family, my mom and her colleagues. It just at the time was not dealt with in nearly the way it should have been. But it was the early 2000s and a lot of this stuff was very unknown. So looking back now, there were probably a lot more signals that I should have been paying, that should have been paid attention to, that should have been identified as ADHD and childhood ADHD, and resources should have been better provided, but they just weren't. And that was life back then. And now that I'm an adult and can, you know, rework some of those ideas, we're working through it. And that's, that's all right. That's what happens. If, you know, some of those things haven't happened and whatever else, I probably wouldn't be the person I am today who acknowledges and 
is proud to say she has ADHD, even though her apartment looks like a total freaking mess. So yeah, um, that was a fun little deep dive into my childhood. Um, I hope you enjoyed the tangents. I think I'm going to keep these episodes 30 to 45 minutes because I think that's all I can talk without needing to take a break. (laughs) And I had enough trouble, like, splicing the clips together yesterday. Um, I'm going to try to do a couple of these, like, right in a row to kind of get a good foundation. And after that, then they'll probably become weekly by weekly thing. We'll figure it out. But as I said before, I don't blame anybody for my issues. It's just not even issues. That's not the right word. I don't blame anybody for what happened. Were there things that could have been done differently? Yes. But at the time, people did what they wanted, what they were able to do with the information they had and what was available. So I'm fine. I'm not sitting here with like a whole bunch of regret and hate and all this other stuff. Once we get into the high school ADHD later on and like my high school experience, then yes, then maybe we will show some hatred towards certain people because they were assholes. But like at this time, I didn't know how to advocate for myself. And the people that were advocating for me didn't know what to advocate for because the resources just weren't available all the time. So ultimately, it's just a part of my life that A, I don't really remember too much. I've got very specific remembrances. That's not the right word. Memories. remembrances. I've got very specific memories about very specific things that relate to a bunch of different categories. But overarching, I don't remember that portion of my life very much at all. Um, I, I don't know if that's ADHD. I don't know if it's something else. But ultimately, it's not a big deal. I'm here. I'm in seven months, I'll be college educated officially with a piece of paper and moving out into the real world. So that's my uh, little story. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. Um, If any of my friends are listening, you all talk at great speed. So I promise you I don't get bored. Um, But yeah, there you go. I still don't know how to end these. That's going to be my biggest problem. That's my next thing to figure out. I got the intro. I got the music. I got some stories. How do I end? All right. Well, again, I'm just going to say goodbye. So, bye. Bye.